Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Because we're going to be talking about vision. Somebody say vision. We're going to be talking about the phases of vision. Because let me tell you, at a show of hands this morning, I want you to show me who in here has a vision. Come on, who has a vision? In other words, God has put something in you that you are to chase after, you are to run after, you can't settle for anything less than that, but God has put something in you that you want to seek God for and to go after at all costs. That, my friends, is a vision. Now, Amos 3.3, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you, my God, that you're going to open our eyes today. I thank you for your presence that's in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that I don't have anything to say except what you tell me to say, Father. So I know that whatever happens here today, it's going to be for your glory. It's going to be for your honor. And Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you do. Shake us loose in here this morning. Let the anointing grip us, grab a hold of us, and make us come alive today. For it's your spirit that quickens our mortal bodies. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Read with me here. It says, can two walk together except they be what? Agreed. Can I say it like this? Can two people walk together unless they have the same vision? Amen. They have to have the same vision. Now, listen to me in here this morning. I'm going to talk to you about the phases of vision because most of you raised your hands about having a vision. In other words, God has put something on your heart for you to do for Him and you cannot rest until that purpose in your life has been fulfilled. Let me let you in on something. There will be different phases to your vision. There will be different types of people that come along on the path to your vision. How many knows it does not happen overnight? Come on. It doesn't happen overnight. But it is a process. It is a stage. It is different seasons. It's different occasions, opportunities. It's different uh, uh, situations and circumstances and conditions that's going on around you. All these different things are added up into the vision that God has given us. So watch this. So you need to understand. Listen, I need somebody. How many knows the vision that I have for this ministry? How many knows the vision that I have that God has given me? Then listen to me. I need somebody. How many knows I need somebody that's going to fight with me? Come on, somebody. I need somebody who's going to stand with me, and you do too. Every person in here that raised your hand that said, hey, God has given me a vision. Let me let you in on something. You need people standing with you. Because let me tell you something. The vision that God has given you is bigger than yourself. Oh, y'all better hear me this morning. It is bigger than yourself. That means you cannot do it alone. The vision that God has given for this house is bigger than one person. It's bigger than a group of people, but it's going to take many people. But rest assured, God will put people in there that's going to fight with you. Come on, somebody. That's going to stand with you. That's going to be in agreement. It says, let's buckle down, let's roll our sleeves up, and let's go forward because the same vision you have is the same vision that God has given me. Somebody give God some praise for people that will stand with you. 
Come on. We are not the Lone Rangers. Oh, y'all better hear me. This whole notion, I could stay home and be saved, your mama. Come on. We need each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. We need the church. We need the body of Christ. Who are we to tell God who said, do not forsake the assembly of the brethren? Who are we to tell him, no, I can stay home and serve you? Come on. (coughs) So listen to this. So I need somebody who's going to fight with me. I need somebody who's going to stand with me and and come in agreement with my vision. So watch this. I want people who I know will stand with me and fight with me even in the what? Trying times. Because how many knows one of the phases of your vision is there will be trying times. Oh, yes. Let's go to Judges now. Judges 7.3. Now read this right here. It says, Now therefore go to and proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful... And afraid, <clears throat> let him return and depart early from Mount Gilad. And return of the people, twenty. and how many people returned? 22,000. And there remained only 10,000. Now, let me stop right here. How would you like to start it out with 32,000 people? And now you're down to 10,000. Mm. Let's go on. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are yet too many. Ooh. Somebody say, what's the Lord doing? Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them there for thee. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, He said, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set apart from himself. Likewise, everyone that bows down upon his knee to drink, do the same. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Now verse 7, And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred, somebody say three hundred, men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, uh, let every every other people go, every man unto his place. So watch this right here. Started out with 32,000 men. Goes down to 22. Goes down to 10, right? I mean, excuse me, goes down to 10,000, goes down to 300. Now watch this right here. See, what I love about God is in the phases of your vision, God will make a distinction about who's with you and who's not with you. See, because let me let you in on something today. There are people that's with you that's not really with you. Y'all better talk to me. There are people that's in your rank right now, that may be in your circle right now, that is not really with you, and it's not really in agreement with your vision. But what I love about God is, is that rest assured, if God has put a vision in your heart, He will begin to show you who is with you and who is not with you. Somebody put your hands together right now and thank God for distinction right now. Come on. You better thank God for distinction. So what, so what does God do? 
He says, first off, we're going to do it with phase one. All who's afraid and all who's, who's fearful, tell them to go home. See, there are people in your life that are afraid and fearful. They're this group of people. You say, what are you saying? See, they are with you as long as things are easy. Come on, somebody talk. They are with you as long as things are not tough, things are not heated up, things have not escalated. But the moment that things begin to heat up around you, the moment that the enemy starts attacking your vision, and he will attack your vision, the moment that opposition arises, and it will arise, these people right here says, no, I didn't sign up for this. I'm going on back to where I was because I just wanted something freely handed to me. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about people... That is afraid, that will not fight with you, that will not stand with you. And let me tell you something in here today. You cannot afford to have those kind of people in your life concerning your vision. Somebody say amen if you're with me. You need people that's going to fight with you, that's going to stand with you, even in the trying times. Because we've all agreed now, they will come. They will come. Hard times will come. Opposition to the vision will come. But you got to have people in your ranks. you got to have people around you that say, hey, I can call on them for prayer and I know they're going to pray for me. Somebody talk to me. I can call on They're not going to go and gossip on Facebook or whatever, but I know that the moment I call them, they're going to hit their knees and they're going to pray for me and lift me up above, lift me up to the altar unto heaven and I know that things are beginning to turn around for me. Thank God for people that are praying for you. Come on, somebody. I thank God for people that are praying for me. Come on now. You say, the pastor needs prayer? Oh, yeah, the pastor needs prayer. Because you know where the enemy hits first? He hits first at the head. That's in family, that's in church, that's in anything, government, whatever. He always attacks the headship. So we need each other. We need each other's prayers. Amen. So God makes the first distinction. He said, I'm going to separate those who are not going to fight with you. Oh, come on. I'm going to separate those that are not going to stand. They're just here for an easy ride. They're just here because it, was, it sounded like something they might want, but they're not fully committed to it. God said, I'm going to separate them. So then, hold on now. Now he's down to 10,000. Now, God makes another distinction in the vision. He says, now I want you to lead them to a pool of water. He said, because you still got too many in your vision. In other words, you're still reliant on too many men instead of me. Oh, somebody help me. See, God will take you to a place where you got nobody to rely on but Him. Can I tell you this? That's the greatest place you could ever be in. Is where you've got no one else you can trust in. No one else that can deliver you but God. Can somebody give Him praise in here? Because He knows how to do it. He knows how to deliver you. He knows how to set you free. Glory to God. So watch this. So he makes a distinction again. He says, watch this. He says, those that bow down and put their face down to the water, they're going to be one group. And then he says, those that bows down to one knee and brings the water up in a cup and laps it like a dog, he said, that's going to be another group. And out of the 10,000, only 300 do it like this. And God says, those are the ones that I want. 
Now, why is that? God had already separated those that was afraid, that was fearful, that wasn't going to fight, that wasn't going to stand with Gideon. But that wasn't enough. Watch this right here. God, see, it's not enough to have people that says, yeah, I'll be with you if you need me. I'll be with you, you know, if you're ever in a pinch. It's not enough. See, you've got to have people. Why did God choose the 300 that drank the water like this? Because you see, both were doing this. T- write this down if you're taking notes. Watch this right here. In your vision, there are those who are taking what they need, but with awareness. How many knows that these soldiers needed this water? Come on. You need water to stay hydrated. Amen. You need that. It's it's a necessity of life. You can't live without water. You've got to have it. Amen. So they were taking what they needed. Listen, there are people in your vision, in your walk, that are taking what they need from this vision. Come on. They are take whatever God has given the vision unto you, they're taking what they need from it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Where does the problem come in? This is where the problem comes in. See, you had you had a group of people that was just getting what they needed, but didn't have an awareness of the vision. Oh, y'all didn't hear it. Let me say it one more time. I said there was a group of people that had their head down to the water, taking what they needed. That wasn't the problem. The problem was they were taking what they needed without an awareness of the vision. But you see, there was another group of people that were taking what they needed, but they had an awareness of the vision. In other words, they were watching in case the enemy would attack. Are y'all listening to me? Because they see, they had an awareness of the vision. They had an awareness of the assignment that they had on their life. You see, that's that's the kind of people that you need in your camp. You need people that will take what they need from you, but will also have an awareness of the vision that God has given you. I don't just want people in my camp that will be there in times of need or in times when I'm in trouble or in a pinch. I want you there even when I'm not in trouble. Come on, son. I want you there even when I'm not in a pinch because I understand that you have an awareness of the vision. Oh, my God. Somebody help me. See, Gideon understood that these 300 had an awareness of the vision, of the mission that God had set them out to do. See, they were ready. Even though I'm getting what I'm needing right now, I'm keeping my eyes alert. I'm aware of the mission. The mission is to go and win this battle for Israel. I understand that. God don't have no problem with me getting what I need. But He wants me to always keep an awareness of the vision. Oh, come on. See, how many times, let me go back to the church house. How many times do we come in the church house with the mindset of what we need? but never an awareness of the vision. Oh, come on. Y'all need to help me. See, people do this every Sunday. They do this every Wednesday or whenever they have church. This is what they do. They come in here and say, well, I need healing. I need a blessing. I need a word. I need this and I need that from God. But they're drinking like this with their head down, not praying for the pastor, not praying for the praise team, not praying for the brothers and sisters, not going up to them and say, what do you need? What can I pray with you with? What can I come in agree? That's all right. I'm preaching this anyhow. What do you need that I can come in agreement with you? Because I understand the vision of the house. I understand the mission of this house. And it's greater than my needs. Somebody give God some praise if you know what I'm talking about. 
Even though they needed that water, they understood that the mission was greater than the need. Do you have people in your camp right now that understand that the mission is greater than the need? Do they have an awareness? You say, listen, I, I don't need... Listen, how many knows that when you've got people in your court, you don't need to be a babysitter? Come on. I shouldn't have to keep up with you. I shouldn't have to say, hey, you need to serve God. You need to do this. You need to... Either you've got the mindset of the vision or you don't. That's what Gideon said. He said, listen, either, either these 300 got it or they don't. An awareness of the vision. An alertness. So God makes another distinction. Now he's down to three hundred. People will ride with you. There are other people in this passage right here that will ride with you until they get what they need and then once they've got what they need, they no longer need you. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. People don't call you up just to talk to you and say, hey, how's your day going? No. There are many people that call you up that say, hey, I need this, I need that, right? God makes a distinction. So now he's down to 300. So watch this. This don't make sense. The Bible says that they're laying out in the valley. The, the Midianites and the Malachites are laying down in the valley as grasshoppers. There's thousands of them. But yet there's 300 with Gideon. Somebody say, this don't make any sense, does it? God, you started me out with thousands of men. Now you've only got me down to 300. What's going on? Which, by the way, the Midianites at this time, in case you're taking notes, was so powerful that they had the Israelites force them into abandoning their fields to where they had to take shelter in mountains and had to take shelter in caves and even in stronghold fortresses just to have safety because the Midianites were taken over. And God has had raised Gideon up to be a judge over Israel. He had raised him up to take back and fight what the enemy had stolen from the people. And it looks like, watch this, this is the vision that God had gave Gideon. And it looked like that God did not give enough to Gideon to meet the issue. Have y'all ever been there? Come on, have you ever been there? Maybe you're right now, God has given you a vision, and you know that you know that you don't have enough to meet that vision. You don't have enough to be able to bring that to pass. And you might be saying, God, what are you doing? I remember when you first gave me this vision. Oh, this is going to help many people. I remember when you, when you first gave me this vision, I had all kinds of stuff. I had all kinds of assets. I, I was ready. I could do this. But the more that time went on, the closer I got to fulfilling my vision, it seemed like the less I had. Oh, y'all hearing me? Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, God's up to something. See, when he had thousands, God said, you had too much. <laughs> he said, when you had 10, he said, you still got too much. When he got down to 300, he said, now you're ready to fight. You see, I find out, 
I, you, may have, you may have came in here today and you may be saying, I don't have enough to bring forth this vision. I don't have enough to do what God has told me to do. But I've been sent by the Lord to tell you that He can do more with what you have left than what you ever had to start with. Do you hear what I'm saying in here to you? I said He can do more with what you have left than what you ever had to start with. Somebody say, He's God. Mm-mm-mm. That's what he can do in here today. And see, you will find that out in the phases of your vision. You will find out that God will use what you have left. He's not dealing with what you don't have. Oh, let me help somebody in here today. He's not dealing with what you don't have. He is dealing with what you do have. You see, because that's, what all, that's all that God needs from you. When you're saying, God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get out of that? How am I going to get out of this trouble? God, you know what God's going to say? He said, what do you got? What do you have? Gideon, I told you to win this battle. What do you have? I have 300 men facing thousands. You know what God says? He says, you got just enough of me to get the glory. Some, come on, somebody, give him some praise. You got just enough for me to get the victory and the praise in this situation. Mm-mm-mm. So let me say this one more time. I can do more with what you have left than what you ever had to start with. Write this down. God doesn't need something great or spectacular to work with, to make something great and spectacular to happen. Let me say it again. I said God doesn't need something great and spectacular to start with. To make something great and spectacular happen in your life. Most of you, if you were getting, you'd be saying, Lord, you've done messed this up. You, how am I going to get the victory out of this now? You gave me this vision that I was going to defeat this enemy, the, defeat the Midianites and the Melekites to give back victory to your people. You gave me this vision, and now it looks like you've not given me what it takes to bring this vision to pass. Somebody say the phases of vision. That's the phases of vision, church. See, even in this house, we know that we don't have what it takes to fulfill the visions that, God, that I told you that God said. But God says, I can do more with what you have left than what you ever had to start with. Just If you don't believe me now, just ask the widow. When her, when her children were sold into slavery because she couldn't pay her debts. And she goes to Elijah, and what does she do? She filled up, she used empty pots, empty vessels, and they began to fill up with oil, and she paid off the debts. Are you hearing me? I said, just ask her if you don't believe me that God can do more with what you have left than what you ever had to start with. Come on. And if you don't believe the widow woman, just ask David when he slayed the giant with one rock. Oh, y'all not talking to me. One rock, this little boy slaying this giant who was humongous, enormous. But God can do more with what you have left 
than what you ever had to start with. You see, that's the phases of vision. That's what you learn in the vision. You learn how to trust God and not in the things around you. You learn how to trust God and not people. You see, that's what he was teaching Gideon. He was teaching, I don't want you to put your trust in the weapons of your men and in your soldiers. No, I don't want you to put your trust in that. I want you to put your trust in me. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Now, let's go to verse 20. So now they're in the battle. And this is what happened. Gideon separated them into three different companies. And the three companies blew the trumpet and broke the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried. Somebody say they shouted. They shouted, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man, every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the next verse says that they began to kill each other. So 300 men took out thousands all because they had a vision. Oh, man. I wonder how many in here today still has that vision. I w- See, I don't care if it seems impossible. That, that's what makes it a vision. Are you listening to me? The very fact that you can't do it within yourself, that's how you know it's God. That's how you know that it's a vision that God has given you. Because if you could have done it yourself, you'd have never needed God. You'd have never needed a promise. But you see, the very fact that God said, I'm going to do this through you, and I'm going to show that I'm still God, because when I bring it forth, people's going to know that there's no other way that this could have happened unless it be by the hand of God. That's why they shouted, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. This is going to be by the Lord's doing. And I want you to watch this right here. How many times, church, now y'all help me now, and I'm going to see who's been paying attention to my messages. How many times have I told you to send praise before battle? How many times have I told you passage after passage in the Word of God about how people did not fight physically, but they began to shout what God said. They began to praise God. And what happened every time, time after time, God turned the battle around for them. So my next question, is this church how long are you going to keep being silent how long are you still not going to praise God how long are you not going to lift your hands clap shout dance whatever you want to do how long are you going to let the enemy keep you like this and you still not winning and you still not having victory in your life come on somebody how long Because you see, until you learn how to praise God, well, I'm not that type of person, then you don't want victory. It's just that simple. All of us have a voice. We have a voice. Why do we have a voice? We have a voice so that we can speak into existence what God said. We have a voice so that we can praise God. We have a voice so that we can recite what God is about to display. Yeah, that's what I've been preaching on. We have that voice. And until we learn how to praise God, how He said for us to pray, until you learn how to get a shout about you. Come on, and let me let you in on something. If you're going through it enough, you're going to shout. 
I'm telling you, if the enemy's hitting you hard enough, you're going to learn how to praise. Let me, let me tell you all something. Gideon couldn't afford not to. Oh, somebody, I dare somebody to lift your hands and say, Lord, give me that kind of vision. Give me that kind that I can't afford not to praise you. That I can't afford not to uh, listen to every command that you give me. That I, because I've got nothing else to land on. I've got nothing else to rely on. You're all I've got. How many in here today can you honestly say, I don't have another plan? Oh, I don't have another plan for my life. Oh, come on, I'm challenging some people in here today. Because see, here's what we like to do. Well, if this doesn't work, then I've got this right here. That's not what God has ever commanded somebody to do. God, if you notice from Genesis to Revelation, anytime God called somebody, He called them to leave everything and go. That meant not trusting in this, not trusting in that, but fully giving yourself to me and trusting me. I don't have a plan B, church. I don't have a plan C. If God doesn't do this, it's not going to happen. That's why I give Him praise for it. Oh, come on. So can anybody give Him praise for it? That you know that if God doesn't do it, it's not going to happen. You know your mama can't do it for you. Your daddy couldn't do it. I thank God for people that are with my vision. I thank God that there's those around me that will fight for me. Come on. That will stand with me. That That will encourage me along the way. But at the end of the day, the only person that can bring it forth is God. So here's my next point. It was never about whether I had enough or not. That was never what it was about. You know what it's about, church? You know what you got to learn in your vision? It's about realizing that God is enough. Let me take a minute and just praise Him myself. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. See, while you're here saying, do I have enough? You see, what's the greatest battle in your vision? Let me tell you what the greatest battle is. It's fighting that doubt that the enemy sends. Are you enough? Do you have what it takes? See, on down in this passage, if you want to take the time, you can read this passage. God told Gideon, he said, if you're afraid. And how many know sometimes you get afraid? Come on. Because you realize this is something that's far bigger than you. It's not even funny. And God says to Gideon, he says, he says, if you're afraid, go down to the camp of the Midianites and listen to what they're saying. I'm fixing to get happy. You say, why? Some of y'all need to go to the enemy's camp and listen to what he's saying about you. Because you see Gideon, he went down to the Midianites camp and he began to listen. And you know what them, that great vast army was saying? They were scared. They were afraid that the, the army of Gideon was going to raise up and wipe them out. 
because they were understood that God was with them. Oh my God, church, come on somebody. You need to realize that God is with you because your enemy realizes that God is with you. So while you're here afraid... And you don't know what you're going to do and you don't know how it's going to plan out. You need to take a trip down to the enemy's camp and just listen for a little bit what the enemy is saying about you. Because let me tell you what the enemy is saying about you. Every time you get close to the breakthrough, every time you get close to the manifestation of the promise, this is what the enemy's doing. We need to send every ounce of artillery we've got right there to that door. Because if they get through that door, we're done for. Are you listening? Listen to me. I'm telling you that the enemy is more afraid of you than you are of him because he realizes who you are and he realizes who is in your camp. I'm telling you, if God be for you, then who can be against you? The enemy knows the word. He realizes that if God is in your corner, if you are carrying out the vision that God has given you, No one can stop you. So let me stop right here. Let me pause right here and tell you this. That if you're not in the will of God, you've got nothing in your corner. Let me say it one more time. If you're not in the will of God, if you're not not doing what God told you, you don't have anybody in your corner. And I told a man of God this... Yesterday, he was telling me all the stuff he was going through. And I know he's in the will of God right now. I know this for a fact. So you know what I said to him? I said, don't you know that you can't stop a man in the will of God? Come on, church. Don't you know that today? I don't care. And I ain't just talking about a man. I'm talking about a woman, boy, girl, whoever. Don't you know that you can't stop somebody who's in the will of God? God will shut the mouth of lions for you. Are you listening to God will slay giants for you. God will tear down nations for you when you're in the will of Him. Somebody better help me give Him some praise. I'm talking about when you are obedient to the vision that God has given you. Will it be tried? Yes. Will it be tested? Yes. But you're going to come out. Mm. You're going to come out. Why? Because you've got a vision. So let me say this again. It was never about whether or not I had enough or I was enough. It was never about that. It was about El Shaddai. Do you know what that word means? That's a name for God. You know what that means? It means the Almighty and it means all-sufficient. He don't have any needs. How many knows that God has enough what it takes to bring it forth in your life? He has what it takes to meet every need, every situation, every... It don't make no difference. He has what it takes to do it. So I got to realize it was never about what I had. Somebody say it's about who He is. You see, we don't preach about the 5,000 being fed because there was enough food. That's all right, I'll wait for a second. We don't do that. Why do we preach about the 5,000 being fed today? Because they didn't have enough. 
because it wasn't even close. But as I said at the beginning of this message, and I'll say it one more again, God says, I can do more with what you have left than what you have to start with. Because it's not about what you have. It's not about who you are. It's about who I am. And I am the great I am. I'm the El Shaddai. I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm all these things. And if you just trust me, I'm going to show myself mighty in your life. So five loaves plus two fish equals 5,000. Do that math. Seven loaves plus a few fish equals 4,000. Did y'all catch that? Oh, man. See, this is going to make you excited. The first time he fed 5,000. The second time he fed 4,000. Why was there less fed the the last time than there was the first time? Because there was more to start with. <laughs> Somebody give him praise for that. There was more to start with. So those of you in here that think, man, I just don't have enough. I don't have anything close to what it takes. The more God's going to do for you. See, God says, with much, I can only do little. But with little, I can do much. Because that's who I am. I'm, I'm, the God, I'm the God that takes the little things, the insignificant things. I take the people that nobody wanted. I take the people that nobody thought would amount to anything. And I take them and I make a masterpiece out of them because that's who I am. I take something that's in a million pieces and I put it back together better than it ever was before because that's who I am. I take what you have left and I make more than what you had to start with because I am. You say, what's this got to do with vision? Did you get off on another message? No, I'm still on the same message. I'm telling you that this is what you got to fight in your vision. This is the greatest hurdle that you've got to get over in your vision. Is do I have what it takes? Am I enough? It's not about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's about, somebody come on up and play the piano. It's about him. So I can shout today, knowing and realizing that I may have a little bit left. As I said, when you first started this journey, it felt, you felt like, man, you had what it took. Come on. Oh, I've got this, I've got that, and I know God can use this, and He's going to use that right there. And then you lost that, didn't you? You lost this over here. And now you're saying, God, what now? And God says, you see that right there that you've got left? That right there is what I'm going to use. When you first started this vision... You started off with a lot of people. You see, when you first open a church, you get a big crowd. But God begins to make a distinction. This is not something to make you sad. This is something that should make you shout. 
Because you see, I would rather know who's for me before I make it. Oh, somebody talk to me, church. I would rather somebody, I know somebody's for me. They're going to fight for me. They're going to stand with me. They're going to believe in me when I had nothing than when I do have something and they come to me and say, Oh, I knew you was going to make it. I knew you was going to be. Oh, somebody talk to me, church. But that's who God is. And I thank Him for it. And it's nothing to be despiteful about. You don't see where Gideon was saying, well, them bunch of uh, scaredy cats. and No, he didn't say that. See, you got to bless those that walk away. Because you ought to understand they couldn't go with you. Oh, come on, church. This is vision talk. This is real talk. But this is the greatest thing that I've ever learned. That if I had God, I had everything. I had everything I needed. There may be times in your life the enemy will make it look like God's not enough. Oh, but He is. Somebody lift your hands in here this morning and say, God, You are enough. You are enough for me. Mm. Stand to your feet this morning. Let's give God some praise.